0: And I, when I reefed around him and hooked him, I literally could only hook three knuckles on my fingers and get my arms all the way around. Him. And I was like, you know what? Here we go.
1: welcome welcome to after the bell i am still Corey graves and if i sound a little more trash than usual it's because i feel more trash than usual lucky for me lucky for you my first mate on this ship is standing by ready to steer us away from the iceberg in the very very near distance he is the big bird to my oscar the grouch he's the voice of nxt he is vic joseph vic What's the word, my friend?
2: I'm not laughing at you. I feel really bad for you.
1: Don't feel bad for me.
2: I do feel bad because, look, you had, I don't know how many flights you've been on. You had SmackDown. You had Raw. You you have a life. You have the family. You're here. Like, I. I,
1: (laughs) There is no rest for the weary. I'm
2: not laughing at you today, man. ah, I'm I'm
1: laughing. You can laugh at me. It's fine. I'm sure I owe you a few giggles. To the best of my my mathematical ability, I've been on, I believe, 13 different flights since uh, Clash at the Castle, uh, most of which have been across the United States because we have been based in the western region of the country for the better part of the last several weeks. So uh, I've got a few red eyes in there. I, I'm, I'm really, put it this way, just to give you a little perspective, I have not spent more than two days in the same time zone since prior to Clash of the Castle.
2: That was the beginning of the month. More folks. than two days in a row.
1: I've, I've visited the same time zone multiple times, but I've never actually been there to acclimate for more than two days. Uh, such is life, right? We, we live in the circus. We are touring the globe. I am everybody's favorite clown, and I uh, have to show up for work. And I'll, I'll show you I'll show up for work tonight on Friday Night Smackdown even though we're recording this several days prior. So I've got about 72 hours to fully recover to bring you my dulcet tones on Fox on May 10th Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere
0: what a wonderful day
1: this summer one movie event will reign it is our time
2: stole my village I know where they're taking your clan
1: bend for your king never Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children
3: under 13. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app.
2: You know, it was a big week for me personally and NXT this past Tuesday celebrating the one-year celebration, and I want to talk about that. We also have to mention, for the first time ever, here on After the Bell will be Braun Strowman. Can't wait to talk to Braun. I know you've been around him a little bit more than I have recently. We're going to have him coming up in a matter of moments. But NXT 2.0, really, it's hard to imagine it's already been 12 months. I mean, Wade Barrett and I were joking about it, that the transitions that even we had to go through. You know, we had Beth Phoenix for a few months, and then, you know, she stopped doing commentary, and, and it was Wade and I and, and all these superstars that really have stood out Grayson Waller, Braun Breaker, Pretty
1: Deadly, the Creed Brothers. You've got a roster full of them now who you now know what these superstars are about. And you're constantly getting uh, new characters, new flavors sprinkled in throughout. But to your point, the Creed Brothers, I was fascinated by them the first time I saw them just because they were different. I've grown to become a fan of Pretty Deadly. I think they're really very, very entertaining Uh, across the board. Braun Breaker is a bona fide, legitimate superstar. Braun, in my opinion, could show up on Raw or SmackDown tomorrow and not miss a step, fit right in. I think there are numerous talents in NXT right now that could be plugged in, which is ultimately the goal and the point of NXT. While it may be a third brand, maybe it's a developmental brand, whichever label you choose to, to throw on it, the goal remains the same to build stars, to prepare stars to become WWE superstars, full-blown every aspect of it. And I think over the last year, while we look back now and think of how skeptical a lot of fans were as to what is this NXT 2.0, what's wrong with the NXT we have? We like NXT. We like NXT black and gold. We like our Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano and... the, the. uh undisputed era all of those guys that we liked and loved and, and grew to know as the faces of nxt all of a sudden you splash a, a bucket of paint on it and it's not your mom's nxt anymore it's not your daddy's developmental it's what is this yeah but i think you and i both talked about it from jump it's gonna take time it's a process it's got to grow And it has grown and it has grown in a positive direction. And I'm not just talking about, you know, from from viewership numbers and and measurable aspects. I'm talking about it's accomplishing the goal of what NXT was set out to do, building new stars. And for that to that point, here we are the one year anniversary. You've got the fan interaction. The fans voted on the steel cage match, the creeds and pretty deadly kicking off the night. Fantastic match, fantastic stories, different elements. Damon Kemp getting involved again. That that story continues to evolve. There's a lot going on. But as the night progressed, something felt different. Would you agree? I mean, you were there. You were ringside. I just got to watch it this morning on my TV before we sat down.
2: You felt this energy, you know, coming up from the, the NXT universe throughout the whole night. And a couple other guys we forgot to talk about is like Tony D'Angelo and Stacks. And it's hard to forget These guys have only had, like, Tony D'Angelo had eight matches, you know, and these guys are, and you feel the crowd starting going, like, wow. Oh, and they're really buying in to what they're seeing. And as the night goes on, the energy's continuing to rise, and it was fun to be a part, and then the roof blew off the place because at the end of the night, and it's been on social media, and it's been all the buzz, and everything's still loading, to steal the term, a new logo was shown with the black and gold outline. To what you just talked about with the tip of the cap to yesteryear. After the show, and I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for this or not, the show went off the air. Five, six minutes, man, went on, and the crowd was just chanting black and gold. To give you an idea, Graves, the camera crew had enough time to leave and get brought back out, reconnect, and get put back in position to film some of the audience. And this organic, reaction and I stood up and took my head off, and I was just standing there looking around like holy shit. Wade was even laughing and we're like this is unreal the amount of love that all of a sudden it, it it's hard to describe I, I guess maybe that black and gold means so much to so many you were there since day one you're an OG technically if you want to look at it that way it was it's hard to
1: describe I think it all boils down to it doesn't matter what color paint you throw on it. It's what it represents. And people may be excited that it's black and gold logos back, but the goal remains the same. It's still NXT for the sake of building new stars, creating new talent, letting people find their footing and figuring out who they are as superstars to continue to develop and continue to grow and head to Raw, head to SmackDown, headline pay-per-views. We've seen the transition over the past several weeks. The arrival of Solo Sokoa at Clash of the Castle, helping Roman Reigns retain the title. Solo Sokoa showed back up on NXT this past week and won the North American Championship. I mean, there's no limit to what NXT could be as far as representation. I think people are just getting a little too caught up in what color the logo is. I think the show is going to continue to trend the way it has positively. There's I'm sure there's going to be some design changes and it may look a little bit different. I mean, sure. You know, the the chef has his own flavor that he likes to put on whatever he's making. So you, you defer to the chef in that case. But ultimately, it's still going to be NXT. You're still going to continue to see new talents show up, new talents evolve, new talents succeed or fail based on that platform you know I, I think you hit it right on the I'm head sweating bullets by the way as i'm talking to you i feel like i need to take a shower i need to like put a towel over myself i'm fully clothed with a hat on and i'm sweating through the hat this is not good i'm i may be dying vic. yeah i don't think you're dying we're just working you're
2: just all worked up because you're excited and i i think you hit I'm the dying. nail on the head but you also brought no, up. i'm dying
1: vic you're not dying i'm dying you're not dying you're not technically we're all dying vic from the moment you're born you are one step closer to death I I really hate when you make good points because
2: that actually, is right now, we're a step closer. But the energy, and, and you bring up Solo Sokoa, and we were shocked as anybody. I never thought I'd ever see him again on SmackDown or on a NXT after I saw him on SmackDown, and he wins the North American title. Like, what does that mean? I think it's great. That title's not going to SmackDown.
1: Hey, it's going to fit right in. I mean, with all, all the gold with the bloodline, it just fits. It, it makes sense. It looks cool. It looks dominant. I mean, in a weird way, the bloodline as it continues to grow in a way is similar to how the NWO first started in that there is power in numbers and everybody is succeeding at the highest level. It's not just your standard run of the mill faction where you have the champion and you've got four guys protecting him. They are a family of dominant champions. And the fact that the newest guy, the youngest guy, solo Sokoa, Showed up and it would have fit right in based on what he did at Clash of the Castle and nothing more. But now that Solo is going to show up on SmackDown as the North American champion just adds even more credibility to that dude. And it grows in power and it's cool. Let's be honest. The bloodline's cool. They're not hated. They may be positioned as such as the villains in the story. But you, you, if you're in an arena, when you hear either the Usos music or the, the head of the table's music, people stand up and cheer. It's cool. It's fun. It's nice. to. You want to be part of the bloodline, right? Like everyone when we were kids or in high school wanted to be part of the NWO. Everyone wore the shirts because it was like this big movement. It was bigger than any one pocket of the business. It wasn't just a really cool tag team. It wasn't just one. Dude, this is a family that has dominated and continues to do so. And I love the way that Solo showed up at Clash of the Castle, helped Roman retain, and then follows up on SmackDown by tearing it down with Drew McIntyre. Right out of the gate, the, the proverbial shot out of the cannon, if you didn't believe in Solo Sokoa or you weren't familiar with Solo Sokoa, in two nights, three now if you want to count him becoming North American champion in NXT, three nights, that dude is a made man, because of the bloodline, because of the legitimacy provided by his brothers, by his cousins, by his family, not only on screen but off. The bloodline is this legitimate, organic being unto itself where – I, I forget which sportscaster. I saw something on social media was wearing a Acknowledge Your Daddy shirt.
2: Dan Orlowski. Orlowski, Dan Orlowski. From, yeah, or yeah
1: the, 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 from whatever – ESPN, I think. ESPN. Uh, he, had a, he had a shirt on, and I – Somehow doubt that if I met Dan Orlovsky and wanted to have a conversation that he would be discussing wrestling history or who his favorite intercontinental champion of all time. I don't know. I don't know the guy. Maybe he's a huge rabid wrestling fan. But the fact is, the bloodline is transcendent. They are this family that runs things. It is just to me, it's gotten it's become a monster of its own. And I think it's only going to continue to grow especially as you see what Roman continues to accomplish, not only in the ring, but let's be honest. You think Roman Reigns isn't going to be in a Hollywood movie by, I don't know, the end of this year, the end of next year. You think that the future isn't bright for the tribal chief and, and by, you know, by association, the Usos, now you've got solo. Trust me, there's a lot more of them. Most of them aren't even under contract here. There are plenty Plenty of branches to the Anawaii family tree that are still coming in. Vic, I, I want to I shed a little light on something. As much as I go out of my way to not betray the sanctity of conversations I have with the, the boys and girls off screen. I was uh, waiting for my red eye from uh, Seattle, I believe, last week. You don't even know where you've been, do you? I, I, dude, it's it's all a blur. It is all a blur. I was waiting for my flight and I'm having a conversation with the Usos about solo and how they're making him do this quote-unquote the right way the hard way even though he is the newest member of the most dominant faction in wwe he wasn't traveling with the usos i saw him after clash at the castle he was on the bus with myself and the uncool kids he is paying his dues on a different level because the bloodline takes this so seriously. He could very easily have stepped into the private jet with the tribal chief and no one would have batted an eyelash, right? That's, that's the right. That's the royal family of this business. They can do whatever they want. But even to the Usos, his older brother, they are taking such care to make sure that he respects this opportunity that he has and that he excels in this role. And it's not like, hey, come on, Us, you're with me, you roll with me. We've seen, you know, the Usos, they're, they're great guys to hang out with. It's, it's a blast, but they're keeping him honest, which I think only will make Solo more hungry and will keep Solo on that straight and narrow path that he needs to really achieve megastardom because he's going to savor every success rather than just having it all thrust upon him because he showed up in such a sexy position.
2: Does that catch did that catch you off guard a little bit? Because I, I didn't know that story, obviously. And to me, I'm like, wow, that's actually kind of cool. You're not just opening the door and rolling out the red carpet.
1: Right. I I sat down on the bus and I and I saw Solo get on the bus and and my first thought was, hey, dude, you're on the wrong bus. You're looking for the other one. <laughs> and he took his seat and was just minding his business. And you know, I I made small talk with him. I don't know him very well. I've only met him a handful of times. But talking with the Usos. Uh, about this, it it really put things into perspective. Like They're treating him more like a number one draft pick than a brand-new, debuting WWE superstar. Okay. You're going to get to see glimpses of Solo and what he can do. And and take NXT out of the equation, because if you follow Solo Sokoa for any period of time, you already know what this dude can do. But I'm saying from a business and reality standpoint, the family is making sure that the, the one whom they've given the keys to the castle is going to take great care and responsibility with those keys. They know what he's going to be. They know what he's capable of. Jimmy and Jay will proudly admit to you, Solo is probably a better athlete than they both are. Not to mention, he's about 30 pounds heavier than both of them are. Solo is a big dude. The dude is like a tank. And and Jimmy and Jay are well aware of the, the potential in Solo Sokoa. And I think the entire bloodline is taking great care To make sure that he succeeds at the highest level, quote unquote, the right way, the traditional way, the the way that they all came up in this business because of the respect that the bloodline has, which is why they run this business. It's not just a gimmick. There is so much truth to the bloodline, to the Anawaii family, to the dynasty, the legacy. And and like I said, I said it on commentary. They are as deep as they are dangerous. That's legit. You've got Solo Sakoa now. It, it, all it takes is a few phone calls, and who knows? You could have a litany of, of different badass Samoans continuing to run this place. And I, I just really, genuinely enjoy everything that bloodline's doing right now. Even Sami
2: Zayn. Oh, well, when it comes to Solo Sikoa, he really, you know, stepped up in NXT 2.0. You can make the argument if you want to go back and talk about what we started the show with. NXT 2.0 gave him the opportunity. Those that needed to see. The Usos and Roman Reigns saw it, and that opened the door for Solo Sokoa for things to come, which obviously looks like big things. I love it, and they're
1: going to continue to take care and make sure that Solo succeeds to the best of his abilities, and from the few glimpses we've had, like I said, particularly the match with Drew McIntyre on SmackDown, Solo's first match ever on Friday Night SmackDown, and man, he brought it. He absolutely brought it. I think the bloodline continues to grow, continues to be cooler, continues to be more dominant. And uh, when we're talking about dominance, Vic, I think we would be remiss if we did not acknowledge, pun heavily intended, the dominance and raw power of our guest at this time for the very first time ever on After the Bell, Braun Strowman. Braun, first of all, welcome to After the Bell. Welcome back to WWE. I want to take you back. Actually, I want you to take us back to... Kansas City, Missouri, a week ago, when your infamous roar echoed throughout the arena and Braun Strowman returned to Monday Night Raw. What was going through your mind in that moment?
0: You know, in all honesty, as much as I don't want to admit it because I'm supposed to be this big, giant, tough monster, I had to swallow back the emotions. It was really, really hard to stay in character. I heard that roar. I heard the place come unglued. And look, I just gave myself goosebumps thinking about it. Um, I, I'm home. A year and a half away from the business, watching my friends go out and entertain. We came back through the pandemic to being able to be in front of the WWE Universe, and I wasn't able to be a part of that. Made me kind of jealous, but, you know, that same feeling walking out there in Kansas City Monday night after a year and a half of the WWE Universe not seeing the monster among men. My God, the, the, the pop. That's what we all work for. That's what everybody does this for. I mean, there's no feeling that can mimic that energy, that excitement when you walk out, and the entire building loses their mind because you're there. And you can see in my interest when I was walking walking out, like it was everything I could do to keep that emotion inside of me of just like, yeah, I I, I, I cried when I came back through the curtain. Once I got away from everybody, I finally was able to absorb it and let it in because I love this. I missed it. I'm home. It's good to be back.
2: You know, I, was, I wasn't there, but I, I felt the energy, you know, sitting at home. And the first thing that came to my mind, and look, Graves is going to have better questions for you, Bron, than I am. I just got to be honest. The first thing I thought was, how in the hell did you come back bigger? You looked better. You were leaner. You were even meaner. I mean, it was unreal. What, how did you, like, transform your body, so to speak?
0: Just nose to the grindstone every day. You know, all this, this stuff doesn't happen overnight. It's day in and day out consistency. And it isn't just the last year that I've been working. I've totally revamped the way I train, eat, sleep, everything in life, all leading up to this moment. And it's just constantly every day finding a way to better myself. I'm working with some of the top nutritionists in the world, the top coaches, top trainers you only get better by working with people that are better than you. So I, I reached out and I went out and used all my resources to find the best people in the world to, to help me achieve some of these goals that I wanted to outside of the, 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 the wrestling industry and now leading it back to full circle. Here we are. I brought the best package that I could absolutely possibly bring to back to the WWE, to the fans, to the powers to be in the office, to myself, to my family. And damn it, I'm proud of myself. You know, um, for a little fat kid from Sheryl Ford, North Carolina that was told he was never going to amount to nothing in life to proving people wrong to then having kind of that rug yanked out from underneath your feet and slipping back into that doubt of not knowing if you're good enough. Well, there was a little bit of the time where I was, you know, beating on myself mentally. Why did this happen? What did I do wrong? What didn't I do right? And all that did was, you know, I did everything in my power that I could, and you know, sometimes it's not good enough and that's business. So what did I do? I went out and did everything I could to get better. I, I refuse to take no as an answer. I've stepped into my, or stepped into places that I was uncomfortable being, you know, and putting myself out there, being vulnerable to get better, you know, listening, adapting, absorbing everything that I could. And I'm just going to keep continuing to do that. You think I look good now, look what you see what I look like in six months from now. Watch when I walk out on that stage at WrestleMania, the biggest, baddest son of a bitch this business has ever seen.
1: Ron, I want, you to, I want you to take a journey back with us to about a year and a half ago when uh, budget cuts were the reason given, but a lot of people parted ways with WWE. You were in a unique position in that you were universal champion of, of that whole list of superstars who who you know are no longer with the company, some who are back in the fold. What was going through your mind at the time and how hard was that pill to swallow being in the position that you were to all of a sudden, thanks, but uh, no thanks?
0: You know, it was a really, like you said, it was a really hard pill to swallow. Probably one of the biggest pills I've ever had to swallow in life of a reality check. You know, um, it was disheartening to say the least, you know, um, stepping up through or at the beginning of the pandemic when other people couldn't come to work and people didn't come to work, not knowing what's going on in the world and strapping this company to my back and going out there week in and week out, doing everything in my power to get quality product out so I could take the fans and the people around the world's mind off the crazy stuff that was going on. And I'm proud of those times with, when through the pandemic, not only myself, all the boys and girls, everybody in the back, you guys, everybody, there's a part of that. We were the only entity in the entire world that was getting content out other than playing reruns. So we were the only people in the world that were giving people the opportunity to escape reality by sitting down, whether I took you on an emotional journey for three seconds or the whole three hours I was on Monday night raw, that was your chance to escape from reality. And I'm really, really proud of that. But then coming to how business ended and things like that. And like I said, it's always business. I have no hard feelings, business is business, but knowing that I kind of stepped up and did that and then, had the feeling of, well, I was just a stray dog. And all of a sudden I was just kicked off the porch. It was a little hard pill to swallow and kind of like well, the same thing. Like I spoke on earlier, what didn't I do? What did I do wrong? What could I have done better? All those doubts that you start to play into yourself. Cause you literally, it's a, it's a cold call out of nowhere. I was making breakfast at nine o'clock in the morning and got the phone call. Hey, sorry, we have bad news due to budget cuts. We're initiating 90 days. And then your contracts will be And I was just like speechless. I, I think all I said was, this, I think I said was, thank you, man. I just hung up the phone and I just was like, literally what the, f-? yeah. And it was just, it it, it it definitely sent me to a bad place for a little bit, but I know that everything in life happens for a reason and everything is a test. I'm a firm believer in God never puts more on your back than you can handle without you breaking. And he just tested my strength once again. And Did I falter at times and want to give up? Absolutely. I'd be a liar if I said that. But I know still, regardless that I'm in the WWE, where I am in life, I have millions of people around the world, kids, people with disabilities, people that have been through accidents, injured, that look up to me, that lean on me and my character or myself as a human being to help them continue to get through life and me giving up on myself. I'm not only giving up on myself, which is the most selfish thing you can do in the world, but you're giving up on all these other people's hope. And I want to continue to be that beacon, that light of hope that people can lean to when they're having these bad days and, and, or they're, they're sick or they're hurt or they're loved ones. Something bad is happening in their life. And you know, I watched Braun Strowman or I saw Adam Scherer do this or I saw him do that and I overcome these obstacles in life. And by seeing him do that, that gives me the strength to keep moving on. And that's why, like we talk about, getting in the shape that I'm in, doing everything that I possibly can to be the best version of Adam Schererer so I can be the best Braun Strowman that. Can be in the WWE because I want to be that superhero that kids and people, men, women, everybody around the world looks up to and goes, damn, that dude's awesome.
1: Talk to me a little bit about how you found yourself in a dark place and how you pulled yourself out of it. That's something you've been relatively open about in the past, uh, you know, growing up the way you did. Here you are at the pinnacle of the business, universal champion, defeating Goldberg. I mean, you're doing it. You are living the life. You are the superhero. Now, now it's all it's all gone. How did you wake up in the morning and get yourself mentally right to where you could strive to better
0: yourself? It, it was a lot of that. Like I said, knowing that me getting up is more than just me getting up. Me getting up in the morning is, is all these people around the world that have looked lived vicariously through me that – Want that see my strength in these superhuman things that I've done, and and it shows them that they can do anything that they want in life and believe in their self. And another big thing that I did was I actually came out with a mental health app. So I partnered with Jonathan Kendrick and John Paul DeGiro and they own a company called Rocket, and we d- we developed and release an app called Discuss that gives you licensed, certified therapists, counselors, life coaches in the palm of your hand, audio, video, text message service 24 hours a day. And I use the app at times. Like, here's the thing, there's this big stigma, especially with men's health around mental health where, oh, we're supposed to eat our feelings like fee, farm. Five, four, five. I'm supposed to just get my way through life like this giant. Well, no, there's days when I have a bad day. There's days when everyone has a bad day and it's this thing of being able to be vocal about it, being vulnerable is there's actually so much strength in being vulnerable of opening up and being able to talk to other people you see how much it's becoming coming to the surface now uh, around all the different sports around the world where people are advocating and talking about mental health and it's such a big thing because it takes each other leaning on each other as human beings to be able to overcome this this swallow your pride and figure it out and get over it well that doesn't work And there's so many people that are taking their lives every day because if they don't have an outlet they don't have someone to talk to so I was really proud to be able to not only one share of my feelings to show people that no matter what your stature is life, whether you're six foot eight 340 pound monster or you're a five foot 200 pound uh, jockey riding horses around we're all human beings we all have feelings we all you know we all want to feel compassionate we want to feel loving we want to have people to talk to when we have bad days so that's my biggest thing that i've discovered is when you're having a bad day talk to somebody don't bottle it up and, and try and push your feelings to the side. And Oh, well, I got to worry about this. My feelings are important. That's bullcrap. Your feelings are important. Everybody's feelings are important. And more so now coming out of the pandemic and stuff, Where you see how much that, that seclusion away from everyone really made people's minds even more wonder and wander because like human beings were creatures of comfort. We like being around each other and stuff like that. And right. that's uh, my feeling. That's what, That's what makes the world turn. That's what makes us different than anything else that walks on this earth because when we work together as human beings, we're unstoppable. Where can uh, we find the app? It's available on iOS and Android platforms. So it's D-I-S-K-U-S-S. Download it on there. Check it out if you want. Anybody that wants to give it a free try, Um, There's a free 24-hour service. uh, Use promo code Let's Discuss that will give you a free 24-hour text messaging service. And that's one of the big things that I found for myself and some other friends that have used the app. Now, when the first time I ever went to speak to a counselor and stuff like that about my problems, that was the hardest thing. Like, man, I don't want to go, like, spill the beans and tell all my feelings to some stranger that's going to judge me and I don't know what this and that. So the neat thing with the Discuss app is, especially the text services services, it gives you that opportunity to kind of dip your toes into the creek instead of diving all the way in, so you can feel comfortable like that. Then you can work your way up to phone calls, then you can work your way up to Zoom or Skype or however odd, um, video conferencing and stuff like that. So it, it's a lot easier way to gradually get into feeling comfortable with yourself feeling comfortable with a counselor versus like man i gotta just pack up and go drive down the road and go meet some stranger and then tell them my whole life story and kind of that's a scary feeling so i think with this it gives that opportunity to you know gradually ease yourself into it in the comfort of your own home that's awesome man i think that's really really important thank you
2: that's a huge, a huge message that I think a lot of people didn't know about you personally. That is really cool to hear. And you could feel the, you know, all the different outlets you had. I, I do want to bring it back to business for a moment because you used that word a few times. Were there any other legitimate offers from other wrestling companies that kind of opened your eyes or you were attracted to?
0: Everyone, we, so my agent and stuff, I, I have great work with 60W Marketing. Nick, my agent, is unbelievable. So we, we, we talked to everybody. People reached out about stuff. And, you know, I, I kind of played around with the ideas. And I, I always said, in the interviews that people thought I was stupid for it, I said I would never put on a pair of boots for anybody besides WWE. And I stuck to my word. I never put on another pair of boots. I went out, started my own thing, worked for myself, gave young talent a place to come and work, make a living, hone their craft inside CYN. And like I said, I, I, I stuck to my guns. I, I will never wrestle for anyone other than myself or WWE. And here we are, the monster's home.
1: Talk to me about, some of the positives that came out of your time away from WWE because we all, you know, we, we live in this bubble. We live on the road, hotel rooms, airports, arenas. So to have time to focus on yourself, uh, what were some of the positives that came away for
0: Braun from this time away from WWE? Man, you know, honestly, a lot. At the time, you know, when it all happened, I was like, oh, my God, my world's over. This is I put all my eggs in this basket. This is all I ever wanted to do. But in the retrospect now, like I said, a year and a half later, I honestly needed a break. You know, nine years with the company at that point, basically in the driver's seat of a Ferrari doing 200 mile an hour for nine years straight. Everything's just blowing by you in tunnel vision. Now I have this opportunity to step outside of the bubble of the business and go, holy I have done a lot of stuff in five in five and a half years. I've literally beaten everyone. There is to beat in WWE. I've won every title except the U S championship. I've main evented every pay-per-view I've sold out every building on this earth. I've wrestled with the great. Yeah. You name it. I've been in the ring with them. So one, it was an awesome opportunity to take that step back and go, Holy cow, man, look what you've done. And not to, I mean, f- screw it. i pat myself on the back. Who else has done that in this industry? To come in with zero wrestling experience, be the first time I ever stepped a foot in a ring was at FCW for my trial, the first inaugural class in the WWE Performance Center, uh, the first wrestler without wrestling experience to come out of the Performance Center and make it the main roster. Arguably the most successful to do it still to this day and all in a matter of five and a half years.
1: Do you ever think it was a case of too much too soon? Objectively speaking, it's hard to, it's hard to, to you know examine yourself.
0: But did you ever have that? <laughs> sometimes yes and sometimes no i mean here's the thing when the iron's hot you strike sure like i said i'll pat myself on the back again i'm a once in a lifetime talent you don't see people like me walking around on this earth i mean that's just what it is and to
1: your point when when the company is presenting you with opportunities and you just keep stepping up and hitting hitting home runs there's no that's no fault of yours (laughs) you know what i mean you're just doing what's asked of you and if you're succeeding to that level then then more power to you right
0: that's it at the end of the day like uh we, we had talked about it before in an interview that I've always been plan B. And I, I had never had a problem being plan B because anytime time they needed to call my number, I was there and I delivered. It didn't matter where on the card, what I was doing. If you needed me to do comedy, if you needed me to do serious, if you needed me to be a monster, if you needed me to do a lover, I stepped up and I took the ball and I ran with it. I, I, I've come to realize this analogy in my head or, or whatever, not analogy, or perception of, of what Braun Strowman is or what Braun Strowman should be. We have, we have our established people that you see week in and week out, Roman and Bobby and Drew and these guys. And they're all this, this they're, they're, they're their go-to guys. But when you look over here, you see your main buttons that operate this machine. There's this little panel over here. And underneath it, there's brawn written. And above it, it says, in case of emergency, break glass.
1: Love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Looking into your crystal ball, what's different about this run versus the last time we saw Braun Strowman?
0: Oh man, Um, I think there's a lot more knowledge of the business and and whatnot per se in me as a whole. I learned, like I said, coming in with zero wrestling experience. I had no idea what I was getting into, and then I get thrown in the deep end of the pool with all the big sharks, and I got to figure out how to swim or get eaten. And I learned a lot with that, and then. Not only that, but then talking and being coming so close with so many of the great vets in the business, the 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 powers to be before me, Undertaker, Big Show, Kate, Mark Henry, working with Roman. You know, I've been in the ring with the best guys in the world, and I've kindled a friendship with them. So, being able to listen to them and understand the works and the insides and outsides of how this business runs, I think I have even better, you know, foot through the door this second time coming back around. And plus, at the same time, like. Here we go, patting myself on the back again. Show me another company, business, anything in the world that has one of these.
2: You know, off of off of that, it, you talk about the first go-around. Is there anything now that you look back on that you want to accomplish in this in this second run, quote unquote?
0: Oh, without a doubt, uh, Bobby Lashley keep holding on to that U.S. title tight because I'm coming for that one of these days <laughs> to make myself a Grand Slam champ. So I'm gonna go ahead and say that and then <laughs> Like I said, uh, I'd probably do that for a little appetizer and then go on and get ready for the main course. As you know, Roman and I are going to butt heads again one of these days. There's never been a better dancing partner for me. There's never been a better dancing partner for him. What we do is magic, and that's go out there and beat the hell out of each other.
1: I want to ask you about what was going through your mind as you stood in the center of the ring on SmackDown, preparing and then accomplishing the impossible feat of powerbombing Otis. <laughs> because, let's be honest. He may not be six foot eight, but that's a big, big brother. And you stood there and did the, the unthinkable. Did you have a moment of hesitation when you were standing there going, am I going to get this? Am I going to do that? Oh, without a doubt.
0: You know, I mean, I, I had to really channel my inner former strongman self. I mean, when it boils down to a dozer is a 400 pound Atlas stone he is built he is built like an atlas stone he is one of the biggest strongest human beings that's ever stepped foot in a squared circle and like if anybody doubts me give, go, give a tussle with him dozer is is not to be messed with and man yeah that's what I said I was like alright I was like one I was like alright I can't screw this up I already fell last week and dozer sweat when I was running around the ring doing the <laughs> train thing I was like, I can't screw up two shows in a row. I was like, all right. And I was just like and I when I reefed around him and hooked him, I literally could only hook three knuckles on my fingers and get my arms all the way around dozer. And I was like, you know what? Here we go, and I just gave it all. <laughs> gave it all we got, and I'd be. i be. said I got a little tweak in my lat right now. I got a little bruising underneath the side of my land stuff from hoisting him up because, Oof. like I said, I don't. I don't know exactly what he weighs, but he's every bit of three hundred and holy.
2: <laughs> Graves, are you going to steal the Atlas reference? I feel that that's something that's going to be in your repertoire. I mean, yeah,
1: I've watched up strong man. I know exactly what that meant. It, it, it is. I just I can't wait to see uh braun just pick those up and and like set him on the top turnbuckle that's it that's the that that's how you win the match. You just have to place him on the turnbuckle
3: <laughs>
0: no, but then at the same time too, like man like uh I think about what a moment that we created that's gonna last for an eternity like i I'd say right here there's a draft and whatnot coming up soon, I think, and what this and that. That's going to be on the highlight reel of whatever show that I'm
1: on. That's going to be on a highlight reel going forward for a long yeah. time. I, I said that to you in the airport when I saw when they did the wide shot and you saw yeah. all the people get up out of their seats going, there's no way this happens. Oh, my God. It just happened. It looked so good, man. That's going to live on for a long time.
2: It's like I flipped over a semi truck. I've pulled down the stage. No, forget all that. You remember when I power Otis in the center of the ring on SmackDown? That's my strongest feat.
0: It's definitely up there with all of them and stuff like that. And yeah, I, like you said, the reaction, I, I, I love zooming in and checking out people's reaction. And, and you watch the video, and you get people just see, shaking their head. They're like, no, no way, no way, no way. And we hit it, and you just see everybody just lose their mind. And that's what I said, it's, it's special. That's one of those moments that's going to live on forever. That then, now, and forever, that's part of the forever.
2: Yeah, hey, I got to get a little personal here for a second with you. What's your karaoke game like these days?
0: Oh, man, you don't want that smoke.
2: I don't think he knows about your karaoke game.
1: I, I, may have, I may have been at Big Daddy's a time or two. Uh, I think, I think I've definitely dipped my toes in the karaoke water. I don't know if Braun was there or not. I'm talking about,
2: he looked at me one time. We went out, he said, watch this. I said, oh, please don't, don't go hit anybody because there ain't no way I'm going to be able to help you in a fight. He goes up on stage and serenades everybody and then comes back, looks at me and goes, that was it. And he just walks away from it. <laughs> What are you singing these days?
0: To, well, to quote uh, a good friend of mine, Will Ferrell, I do have the voice that ranges somewhere in between the mix of Jesus and Fergie. You can so, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> honestly, I've been—I literally went to Big Daddy's last week to celebrate another trip around the sun and uh, you know—my my re-debut, my re-coming of home. Uh, I've been big on the Johnny Cash lately. Just something Oof. he just. He talks to my soul when he sings these old these old country singers and stuff that told their stories and the trials and tribulations that they went through in life. It's something that just echoes through eternity and really like speaks to my soul. And man, you know, I had to go with the Man in Black. It's hard to, that, and then you know, I sound like a, a bass guitar being played at the bottom of a well. So it worked <laughs> out well. <laughs> well,
1: Bron, you're happy, you're healthy, you're rewriting your country song. What's the next chapter here in WWE in the more immediate future? What's up next for the monster among men?
0: It's more like who's up next and who's falls is the feet of the monster. You know, uh, I come to work and I do my job and my job is putting asses in seats and entertaining the people. So it doesn't matter. I don't care. I can work with anybody on this, on this earth. I can wrestle a broom handle. I can wrestle a sycamore. I can powerbomb Otis. I can come after the U.S. championship. I can come after those undisputed titles. I can come after Intercontinental title. Whatever I want to do. That's the thing. I'm not a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. I'm a monster, and if you get in my way, you'll find out what these hands are actually capable of. I love it, man.
1: I absolutely love it. I am excited that you're back. I got to tell you that in person Monday night after Raw. You are back where you belong. Welcome home. I am excited to be part of this journey. Uh, Chapter two of The Monster Among Men. Braun, you are always welcome here on After the Bell, man.
0: No, awesome. as I said, it's great talking. It's great catching up, seeing your faces. Vic, it was awesome seeing you yesterday yep. at the Performance Center. Probably always a pleasure. Uh, and, yeah, guys, it's good to be home. I miss my family. You guys are family, and it's good to see your faces as ugly as you two are. Son
2: of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, got, I got no choice but to agree because he can actually beat my ass. So, <laughs> Vic, we made it in spite of myself and No thanks to you. Okay, maybe a little bit of thanks. Thank you for avoiding the iceberg. It's the only time I'm being nice to you. And, of course, thank you to the monster among men, Braun Strowman. I cannot wait to watch the destruction he brings in this new chapter of his WWE career. Make sure you are following us at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. You can find him at VicJosephWWE. Listen for free on Spotify. Just search After the Bell and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. We'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, hopefully a fully functional set of vocal cords, and more WWE After the Bell.